Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. My guest today is Nida Lerd, founder of Nida Lerd Consulting, where she advises world-class experts to become what she terms legendary market outliers. Her goal is to help coaches, consultants and business experts build a truly innovative business that stands out from the rest. Nida refers to herself as a multi-potentialite, and I was as curious as you probably are to know exactly what does that mean. And of course, you'll find that out during the course of this episode. Nida is also the author of One to Millions Entrepreneur, host of the Nida Lerd podcast, and a former Fortune 500 executive with more than two decades experience in business, psychology, and personal development. Clearly a very impressive resume, and I was keen to sit down with her for a conversation that covers topics like self-identity, motivation, creating psychological safety in your company culture, and how to take yourself from version 5.0 to 6.0 in both business and in life. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hello, Nita. Welcome to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Hello, Warren. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on the podcast. Really looking forward to our discussion today. But I suppose for our listeners, it would be good just for you to set out a little bit about your kind of background and your history and how you've come to run the business, the consultancy business and coaching business that you're running today. Yeah, so after I finished my master's degree um, from Sydney, uh, I came back to my home country and I started working with uh, L'Oreal, the cosmetic company. Um, I worked for Unilever, so all the main kind of FMCG, fast-moving consumer good companies. And after a few years, I, I kind of discovered that it wasn't fulfilling for me to work in the corporate world. Um, okay. I later on discovered that it was because I, due to a personality type thing, I, I'm, a, I'm a rebellious kind of like rule breaker, you know, so that didn't really do well working for corporate life. I'm always constantly like well, why do we have to do things this way when there's a better way? You know, I'm constantly challenging. Challenging kind of mindset and questioning kind of approach. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, my greatest strength, which I discovered later was ideation. So I'm constantly coming up with ideas. I'm highly curious. I need to be an inventor and a creator. And working in corporate life doesn't really allow that, at least not fully to the level that I, I wanted to do, right? So I left and I started a child development center and I started to kind of like coach parents and consult parents, you know, consulting with them and kind of helping them, you know, how do you raise kids that will grow up or have, have high EQ, high emotional intelligence and resilience, um, have a great mindset, be kind, 
amazing people, future leaders, you know, how, how do you do that? And sometimes it's not so easy for everyone if, if you don't, if you haven't really been studying it, right? And everybody's put into that position to be a parent, and you haven't gone to university studying these things. Right? <laughs> so that kind of like was the point where I discovered that I love psychology. Like, psycho I was born for this. I, I really literally okay. felt that. And I didn't know that I have actually been doing this my whole life. When I think back, you know, when we find our passion, we look back into mm -hmm. our past. I really remembered that all my childhood friends would just call me and ask me the like life problems. And I would listen and then I would give them kind of a, a solution. I, I never knew that that was like actually a skill. That was a special skill, right? And then, so I discovered that, okay, I really want to work with people. I really want to help people. And so that was kind of like the pivoting point from going from the business world into coaching adults that are also mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and CEOs and high level executives, but really on the mindset, the self-identity, self or what we call self-image or self-concept, um, and also on the business strategy as well. So I, I come from a background of 22 years in the business world, but also like now currently 15 years in the psychology world. So it's kind of like business meets psychology. And yeah, so that's currently what I'm doing. And so I think that also the approach in how I coach my clients or I do coaching and consulting is, is different from, from how, you know, some people, I guess, would, would, do, would do it. Because okay. some would be like purely consultant and they would focus on the strategy. But then the, the, the obstacle is sometimes coming from the mind or the, the self-image of that person, how they perceive themselves. Oh, I can't go to that level. That's that's not for me, you know. So I'm kind of like in the business world and the strategy side of it, and then on the my on the self identity on the psych, psycholo psychology side as well. Perfect. There's so much already for me to question and talk about from that that short intro, Nida. So brilliant. And I suppose the first thing is that piece around self identity. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean by self identity? I mean, is that the same as say self awareness? No, it's not the same actually. So, uh, the, but but um, we we those are very two important things that we talk about when we talk about self development, right? So, self awareness is about knowing yourself. Hmm. So, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, knowing your emotions, knowing where your emotions are actually coming from, what's causing this, and it also means how do other people perceive you do you do you understand how other people perceive you accurately so the higher the self-awareness you have the smaller the gap between how you perceive yourself and how others perceive you it will be quite close okay. so people that are kind of like what we call delusional which is the opposite of self-awareness is like i perceive myself in one way but actually the whole other people don't perceive me that way so there's a big gap there then it probably means that you're not perceiving yourself or you're not aware of you know what are you doing or how you're showing up and how do other people perceive you and how do you get people to realize that will come on to self-identity i suppose but that self-awareness piece yeah. you know when you come across somebody and you're sat in front of them and perhaps you can you know just through questioning and your your tactics and I'm sure tools that you use, you realize that they aren't very self-aware and they are slightly delusional. Yeah. How would you go about having that conversation with somebody? Yeah, well, well, I would say like in coaching, 
everything is like strict would direct and i i'm someone at least i'm someone that's very i say my coaching style is confrontational okay. meaning if i see something i'm going to point it out that's the reason you're working with me it's not to be comfortable it's to face the uncomfortable things yeah. and that's why you're actually paying to work with me right so so they are pre-framed with that mindset before even working with me if they listen to my content they know i'm that I'm that kind of person. I'm not going to sugarcoat things, right? Yeah. And so when I see signs where there's something misalignment, like, okay, you say you're confident, but you're procrastinating on this, this, and this, and you're not doing this. And what you're sharing with me, how you showed up in this situation, that's not high self-esteem, for example. And I will point that out for them, yeah. you know, how the through the stories that they share with me, how they're showing up in the coaching session, even the way they talk, even how they, they show up in the coaching session. So the, all these things, because of the experience, you know, I've been doing this thing for so long, you can see these things very clearly. And when I point it out, then they start to, oh, I never knew that before. And then they start to, when you focus on something, then you start to collect data on that specific thing, right? You, you bring that unawareness in from the unconscious mind into the conscious mind. Then you start to, oh, I see what, what this is about. And so the client will start to go out into the world and, you know, he or she will start to, oh, so this situation, I reacted this way. So that's actually. Yeah. And then they put it into context and they understand it and then they yeah. can change their behavior, do something differently. Or yeah. again, I suppose at that point become self-aware. So let's come back to the piece around what's self-identity then? Yeah. Well, self-identity, in, in the, there are several words that kind of go in the same direction or mean something that's similar. So there's self-concept, uh, there's self-perception, uh, identity, or basically it's how you, you think you feel about yourself. It's how you feel about yourself on a deep level, even when nobody is looking, right? On the outside world, you might look like on social media, you might like, oh, I'm this confident, amazing person. Yeah. But when you come back home and you're alone, like, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, so it's about that um, feeling, how you think about yourself. What do you believe about yourself on a deep level? Okay. As, and as a mother, as a parent, as a teacher, as a coach, as a employee, as a business owner, all everything. How do you perceive yourself? And that's true, isn't it? Because I suppose, you know, on a bad day, we all put a kind of game face on or yeah. we all put a performance on and, you know, how we're feeling inside and how we show up at work, how we lead, how we make decisions in our businesses will be affected because there is this gap. Yeah. And so if we've got somebody, you know, business owner, business leader listening to this podcast and they they realize there's a gap, they're quite often, in my terms, putting the game face on or putting a performance on. And there is this big gap between the outside perception and self-identity. What should they do and what you know could they do to help? Yeah. So what I would do with my clients is I get them to draw these triangles, right? So this I didn't invent. It's, it's taught in NLP. It's called the logical levels. So there's five levels of changes. Imagine this triangle. At the top, you have identity. So that's like, I am this amazing, confident or whatever, but today, where are you? So we make two triangles. The first triangle okay. is today. So whatever version you feel you are, 5.0. So what does 6.0 look like? And what does 5.0 look like? And we describe this in, in, it's highly detailed. Like how do you perceive yourself? You can write pages and pages if you wanted to, or you can do bullet points, right? And then below the identity is beliefs and values. What are your beliefs? Okay. I'm good enough. I'm not good enough, whatever it is, right? And then the values, what do you value? Do you value ambition, success, blah, 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 right? And then 
under that is capability. So capability is your, your skills. Yeah. It has, can be related to work or, or even not, right? And then below that is the behavior. Like how do you show up every day? What are the behaviors to do? Do you procrastinate? Do you stick to, to the words that you say, things that you say you're going to do, um, and just everything that shows up in your behavior? What kind of behavior do you have today? And in the next version in 6.0, what would the behaviors be? And then the last level is ecosystem. So that's like, where do you plant yourself? Who are the people that you hang out with? Because we know we're, we become the average of the five people that we hang out, we, we spend the most time with, right? So today, okay, your ecosystem, maybe yeah, I'm not really in the group of people that I aspire to be. And so to be 6.0, they have to be a different kind of uh, people, you know, a different group of people. So when you you write these two triangle things out, you can clearly see there's a gap, yeah. right? And you see where the gaps are on each yeah. of the levels, I see. Yeah, yeah, then it makes it really clear what you need to work on, on okay. each of the levels, not just the mindset, not just the behavior, but all five levels, right? In order to get to the vision. And by the way, on top of the triangle is the vision. Right. So in order to get that vision in version 6.0, you clearly cannot be this triangle of version 5.0. Yeah. But this is really great because it really gets you to see with your eyes on paper, you know, what's what do you have to do? What, it's what that do stage of, yeah, committing to paper, committing, visualizing nearly yeah. what does the new me or the real me need to feel and look like? Yeah. 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 Definitely. So okay. that, that's the first step that I would recommend. And then you will do everything that is aligned with the new triangle, with yeah. the new version, whether it's the behavior, whether it's the ecosystem, whether it's the mindset, whether it's the identity, you're not going to get there in two days, but you constantly do those things in each of the five levels until one day, wow, I've really changed. Yeah. Then you move on to triangle 7.0. <laughs> and you keep going. And yeah. I suppose it's that bit about how do you get people to, because with all of these things, isn't it? All of these great techniques. It's how do you get people to commit and persevere with it? Because like you say yourself, uh, Nida, it's not going to happen overnight. Is it? It's not going to happen in two days. It takes commitment and perseverance. And how do you get somebody to commit and persevere on that path? Yeah. Well, it's not really how do I get them to do it or how do I get them to be motivated? Yeah. And a lot of people come in, well, please motivate me and please do this. And do that. <laughs> well, no, no, the, I, I don't have that superpower. You know, how, what, I, I think I'm an amazing coach, but I couldn't do that for you yeah. because you have to find out why you want to change. What's yeah. your why? Right. And I have to say some people haven't discovered that why yet. And if they haven't discovered that why, Sometimes they'll pay a lot of money to find a coach or whatever to magically get them from the 5.0 to the 6.0. And but they they they're not really truly internally motivated to make the change. And you know, with some people you can ask questions, you can find help them find clarity, but it's not with everyone. We, we couldn't say that it was 100% of people like if we coach them well, even if you got like the best coach in the world, you still couldn't change everyone, right? Um, so that person would ha be, would have to have that, that strong, that big, why, yeah. why would they want to achieve that vision? That's like the first question. And for some people, maybe it's okay to stay where you are. Maybe you are already satisfied and happy with your life and you don't have to do what everybody else is telling you to do, you know? So it's really about radical acceptance. It's just like, yeah, what is the truth for you? Yeah. And, if oh, yeah. and as you say, you know, a lot of people are really happy with who they are, what they are, yeah. 
<laughs> what they represent and where they are in life and that's great isn't it but yeah. you know it's it's about you know if people feel they're feeling short of what they could do and what they could be or what they could achieve then that's when they need yeah. some help and i can see how those techniques would really work Within your kind of business, you talk about working with individuals not to just build a brand, um, or not just build a business, but build an outlier. Mm, yeah. Now, what do you mean about, you know, what is an outlier in your terms? And how do you go about building an outlier rather than just building a business? Yeah, well, an outlier is like, whether you're a person, whether you're a business, it's kind of like the same concept. It's like, you know, if anybody had done like the statistic course in, in university or in high school, I can't remember. There are those outliers that have scored extremely high on the on the bell shaped curve. You know, yeah. most of people will be in the middle. So that's why it's a bell shaped curve, right? Most of the scores will be clustered in the middle. So that's the av that's kind of like how society is. Yeah. Most that's people just statistics, will statistics, isn't it? Yeah, it's really yeah. It's, so it's truth, right? Most people will be in the middle. And then there will be um, people that will be on the 98, 97% percentile, right? So those that's in statistics, we call those pieces of data outliers. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. so it, that's, that's, that's who I work with because I, I found out, I didn't always know this, right? I found out that I had this obsession with exceptionality. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, as a consumer, when I, I hired other people, I hired other coaches or mentors or people to do my website and stuff like that. It was so frustrating for me that in the service-based industry, people were not focusing on quality. Okay. You know, they were focusing a lot on sales and like, how do I get the best sales, but not on delivering the best service. So as a consumer, I was super frustrated about that. And yeah, because I really value excellence. I value integrity. So I feel like as a business owner, you need to develop, you need to deliver the best thing for your clients, right? But I understand that not everybody knows exactly how to do it. And a lot of people don't know the problem in their business because they don't necessarily look at it. So that's the self-awareness piece, even in the business, right? You, you don't want to see the leaking pipes in your house. You want to see the beautiful things. Yeah. yeah, it's just human nature. We don't want to look at the the stuff that is uncomfortable, right? And so, as a business coach, I want to raise the standards in in whatever industry. I don't care. So, if we raise the the standards in each industry, that will have many effects. First, you serve the clients at the highest level, and when you raise your standards, everybody else will kind of look at you. And wow, like this guy's doing this. So maybe I should really rethink what I'm doing. So it helps mm. to raise the standard and the integrity of the whole industry. Yeah. It really challenges the standard that is, has been accepted for years and years and decades, right? Yeah. So that's why I work with outliers. And, and I get, I understand that the, the kind of bell curve moves with the outliers because the outlier then becomes the norm. And then, so how do you keep this? sense of nearly i'd call it a growth mindset going with business owners that actually you could you know you can set up you can change you can evolve your business today to be an outlier and set yourself out from the crowd but at some point that becomes the norm and therefore you've got to have this kind of growth mindset as i say to always be reinventing yourself yeah, yeah. how how can you encourage people to have that mindset because a lot of people go in they'll fix their business once they'll yeah. think it's job done Mm -hmm. and then kind of move on to the new shiny thing or whatever it may be. Yeah. But how do you get perseverance? Yeah. So I think it's a mindset. First of all, all of this is a mindset. 
And okay, some people that come to work with me, they already kind of have that mindset. Like, yes, I've always been the kind of gold medal winner. I'm always about getting better and better and better and all that. So there are some people that are like that. And then there are some people that are amazing at what they do. They have like, they are really amazing. They have decades and decades of experience. But when it comes to business, they don't know how to transfer that love for excellence into their business, right? So yeah, it always starts with that conversation of this is an ongoing thing. It never ends. And so we help clients with working on like using tools like the net promoter score, which yeah. they constantly have to collect. They Used it in my business constantly. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. They constantly have to monitor and interview clients, not clients that are leaving, not exit mm. interview, but clients that are still with you. Why wait for them to leave, then interview them, right? No, you want to interview people, past clients, clients that are still with you. What are they happy about? What do they wish could be improved? What's a service that they wish you did? They could, you could take off their plate. What's something they wish you could do, but you're not doing at the moment? So we go into this process of collecting deep insight with their clients and their employees. Because a lot of time the employees know a lot, but the entrepreneur, the business owner, they never, they're not able to go and dig into their employee's mind and what they're really thinking because mm -hmm. the employee, they won't give you the whole truth because of yeah. the consequences that they are afraid would happen to them. You know, what if I said this? What if I said that? And especially if it's in an environment where there's no psychological safety or there's yeah. kind of a, a rigid kind of fixed mindset where, you know, the, the, the CEO or the owner is not really willing or looking at what needs to be changed. You know, oh, we're doing well. Like, why do we need to change? If you're coming from that mindset, you're going to attract the same type of employees as well. And yeah. employees are not going to speak up. Even when they say they see a brilliant idea, they're not going to speak up. That's why in order to be a company, uh, a culture of innovation, you need to have vulnerability and you need to have um, psychological safety in, as part of your culture. Yeah. yeah. But how do you create that psychological safety? I mean, that's, you know, you in, in some businesses, it's inert, isn't it? The way in which the leader yeah. leads and all of that. And, but, yeah. and it, it's not necessarily a natural state in the modern world, isn't it? I would have to say it is a it, it is a big change, especially when the company is, is large. It's mm. like a very big company and the culture has been there for like, I don't know how many years, right? Yeah. Think about changing the culture of a family and a company that's like much bigger and everybody's from a different family so that's like it's a it's a big job but it all starts from the ceo and the high level executives that's where the first phase of change happens and and i do a lot of culture change work in organizations as well so yes it starts with the ceo you have to be coached you have to understand psychological safety you have to understand what you're doing now that is not encouraging psychological safety and like the whole executive team just has to change because then the the level below them will look at wow they've really changed they've really got this and now oh they're leading and i will follow yeah. so it's impossible to change the lower levels if the top management doesn't it's change. a leader follower thing and do you see yeah. interestingly in that sort of creating those right cultures you know in the modern world do you see it as a generational issue with businesses that you work with you mean the mindset of... Yeah, that kind of piece, you know, is because I think the younger generations, those coming through, starting their businesses now, yeah, just the way we are in the world now, probably find it as a natural kind of way to exist and to lead. But we've yeah. got 
still a kind of number of generations that are older, that perhaps a bit more I'd call old school, alpha yeah. female, alpha male, not necessarily kind of in tune with that. So do you see those generational differences? Yes, I do definitely see those those change those differences. And I will have to explain to them why that is the case, right? Because especially with the baby boomers and the some of the Gen X's, like the you know the the Gen X baby boomers, um, there's because they grew up in that world. Yeah, they they didn't have all these mindset, personal development stuff growing yeah. up, right? So it was also post-war generation. So a lot of scarcity, like they were just barely surviving, just trying to put food on the table and just focusing on security and, and being to, able to survive, right? So the newer generation were born in a world of abundance. And oh, this is so easy. If you want to do a business at 14 years old, you just go and create a YouTube channel. And you see all these things that are so possible. Yeah. And you're born in a world of abundance. So that's like, we just have to clearly start with that conversation of why everybody's different, because the condition that you were born in has a big, big impact on your mindset and what yeah. you believe. And that's like, in the body, you remember these things, right? It's like the body keeps the score. You're in those generations, that's why they're risk averse. Yeah. And, and they also don't understand these new topics. It's not that easy. You don't change your mindset and your beliefs overnight, no. right? It's yeah. a journey, isn't it? And it's it is. It, it is a it's, journey. It's yeah. back to that positioning piece and that perseverance and things not happening overnight. And before we sort of started to record this episode, you were talking about the fact that you work across multiple countries, you know, across you know, completely across the world. Do you see a lot of difference in this day and age, even still, between different cultures in different countries and the way in which they approach business? Yeah, I, I see there's definitely the commonality, like with a generation thing, that's the commonality. I don't think it's different with whatever country you're looking at, yeah. right? And then there are different cultures in, in different countries as well. For example, like in America, people are more ambitious because ambition is a value that Americans value. It's in, installed at a very young age. It is, it? Yeah. it is. Yeah, so we call them, the Americans, we call them like an achiever kind of like personality type, yeah. <laughs> achiever, right? And the, like, for example, in Thailand, it's a very different thing. Like sometimes ambition is not looked as a positive, super positive thing. Yeah in the older kind of generations, it's now more positive with the newer generations because now like we have Netflix and we have YouTube and we take a lot from other countries. Yeah. So through the internet, through the technology, right? Yeah. But in older generations, the world was not connected like this. We did not yeah. have access to, you know, think these kind of knowledge from, from and, other countries. And that was the thing that probably intrigued me was, you know, as over time, have you seen, yeah, that the world is getting smaller, that yes. our approach, our attitude towards things across the world is is broadly in the Western world, I suppose. So yeah. 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 It's interesting to see, you know, I don't know, like a thousand, thousand years from now, what's going to happen. And I think mm -hmm. like we will definitely see that integration. You know, I saw a video somewhere on YouTube really long time ago. This person was predicting that in the long term, the whole world will be speaking only like two or three languages. Yeah. And they said kind of like the reason behind that is because for some countries that speak some languages, it wouldn't make sense for them to speak that language anymore because it would be economically, it would be difficult. Like, for example, if you didn't speak English, 
it would be yeah. hard for you to to it would be a disadvantage you wouldn't be able to communicate with other countries that kind of use english as a main language and those countries that have but power. that just reflects probably history doesn't it that you see yeah. some countries and their languages diminish yeah. or their use yeah diminish which and coming back to you you know even in that brief you know background and history of you, of your yourself you talk you, you know you are a kind of serial entrepreneur you've had a number of businesses yourself you've worked in corporate life and i've seen you describe yourself as a multi multi potentialite i think <laughs> i pronounced that correctly now, yes. you know what does that term really mean and how did that lead to the creation of the businesses that you run today yeah this is a topic that i i love to talk about actually because not only am I a multi, like it comes from the word multipotentiality or multipotential. Yeah. My brother is also very multipotential. He's like, I think he's worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's in yeah. the genes. Yeah, I love like camp, like taking photos. I'm a DJ, and that's my brother, and he like various things that are totally unrelated. So for me, um, so so what does it actually mean? There are other words that mean the same thing. So they sometimes they call it polymath. Um, okay. So it's actually an educational and um, psychological term referring to the ability and preference of a person, particularly one of strong intellectual or artistic curiosity to excel in two or more different fields, someone with many interests and creative pursuits. So that's kind of the definition of it. Yeah. You know? And Education Week has another kind of way of explaining this. So they, they say that it's the state of having many exceptional talents any one or more of which could make a great career for that person. So gifted children often, but not always, have uh, multi-potentiality. So their advanced intellectual abilities and their intense curiosity make them prime candidates for excelling in multiple areas. Now, it, it might sound great and amazing, but it's also difficult. Yeah. How would it be difficult? Because if you're pursuing three things, like, like you're juggling three things, right? It can be very overwhelming for you. Yeah. And, and you're competing in an industry where these people all have like, what, 40 years of experience doing just that one thing. Yeah. So I think there's always a struggle of like, and we all have the same amount of time per day, right? And a lot of success, isn't it? That is driven by, in my opinion, you may disagree, yeah. but in my opinion, a lot of success is about creating, you know, focus and a passion, yeah. probably for one thing. You know, so yeah. you become really passionate about something, be great at it. And, and really create focus. Now, if you have that kind of characteristic in you, yeah. how do you create that focus? Or are you always wanting to dip into new things and see how you perform in different areas of life? Yeah, it could go both ways. And I've seen this happen. You know, if you if you don't really consciously look at this and understand like, oh, this is me. I'm potential, like I have this multi-potential-like thing, then you really get into the game of like, oh, I should try this, and then you do for two years, and then I'm bored, and then I'll do this and do this and do this, and then it can get really hectic, and you can never like, you know, like yeah. get to the level of, of yeah. like real success. So for me, how I look at this is you have to be able to be bring that unconscious competency. So most, a lot of the things that you are, passionate and you love doing can do very well is in your conscious you're, you're not always conscious about it right like like one okay. of the things was I was not conscious about about being great at psychology even though I've been doing it my whole life right so when I understood that oh okay so I'm great at business and marketing 
and understanding people and psychology and you know love love working with people on all these issues i can't even choose whether it's going to be business or love or life or parenting yeah right it's just all of it and i really as someone that is like that i can explain that it's like you really cannot just like cut something and stick with one thing it will be almost like a frustration that you haven't fulfilled mm. your need or your desire you'll yeah. always constantly be thinking like it's not fomo it's not like the fear of missing out it's a totally different thing it's not like oh the, the chinese shiny object syndrome that like most people have it's not like that it's like you have this really strong intense desire desire to do these things because it's your it's something that it's your passion you're really great at it it is your strengths so you can see a lot of these people have really strong skills and intel intelligence on the artistic side and also on the logic side okay. so both sides of the brain you know yeah, what i mean the left, left side right side brain thing going yeah. on in equal measure yeah. yeah so how i use that to my benefit was the thing that i do in business coaching or i don't really want to say it's business coaching because then ceos or entrepreneurs are working with me on about the family and personal issues and relationships and self-identity and all that as well so i kind of like use that to my benefit yeah. i integrate everything in there you know and i love um, you know, creative and art. So I find a way to integrate that into my work. So you've kind of, yeah, it's about being self-aware again, isn't it? I suppose, yeah. being self-aware that you've created yeah. the business that enables you yeah. to and play to the strengths and the multiple kind of facets of things in life that you are passionate about and enjoy and are good at. Exactly. Like if you were an owner of a restaurant, but you love playing the piano, why don't you bring a piano into the restaurant and play the piano as well? Yeah. You know, instead of going out and creating an album and competing with what whoever like Alicia Keys, right? So yeah. you can actually you don't have to be number one in all these things that you're amazing at, like you can choose to be have a focus, a core focus, and then you integrate the rest of the things into to, into that into thing. That. Yeah, because it's like you you fulfill your your you 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 feel alive and you get fulfillment through doing these things. It's not about like oh I have to be the number one in this and that and everything, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's about being conscious of what are those those things that you're really great and passionate about. How do you integrate it into that thing that you're super super great at? Yeah. And even if you can't integrate it, you can make it into a hobby. And you can still do these things, you know, yeah. but when you're not aware of this, you keep like, why, 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 why can't I just like stick to one thing? Yeah. What's the problem with me? I, I have this, I'm not bored at this thing, number one, but I want to go, I have this deep desire of going doing number two and number three and number four. I can't help myself, you know, yeah. when you're not aware, then you start to jump from thing to thing to thing. And, and you then so become distracted and then you do yeah. do the, yeah, that piece. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Really good. So that's how I kind of integrate everything. And then so you don't become a jack of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> you use all these things that you're really amazing at and you integrate it into into one or two things, you know, not more than that. Yeah, I would no, say. definitely. And as it, I mean, I suppose that must have taken you, it's taken you a lifetime to get to that place, I suppose, Nita. You know, it's not, again, something that happens overnight. It's being patient with yourself and, I suppose using a coach or some form of technique and tool to get we come back to that sense of understanding self-identity self-awareness don't we i mean so much success for business owners business leaders entrepreneurs comes from that doesn't it 
Yeah. For me, I, I think like I discovered all this through a lot of self learning, which is also another characteristic of, of people that are multi-potential. We do a lot of self study. We like to learn things on our own, on our own. Okay. We're just very naturally curious all the time, like intensely curious about like a lot of things. Maybe not everything, but a lot of things. And so when we have a challenge in our mind, we're like reading about it. Okay, searching about it. Oh, what's going on with me? And you know, and then we try to. Introspect a lot, and and I think like through personal development and through reading a lot and self study and introspecting and trying to analyze your whole thing, whole problem,、mm. kind of like helped me understand this whole thing. But it、okay. started out with with that, that working with parents in the child development center. That was like the the starting point of understanding that okay, psychology is the main piece here,、yeah. and then clarity came along the way. You know, so that's where. When people have, they find something that they really love. Just, just try it. You know, a lot of people are waiting to be confident before they start it. Yeah, it just take、well. that first step, make that move, get on、yeah. with it. Type it's the thing. opposite. It's the、yeah. opposite. You start, then you become confident, right?、Yeah. You start, then you know whether you're on the right path or not. You don't know whether this is the right path. Then you start it, right? It, people、yeah. have got it. Like most people have got it swapped around. Yeah. yeah, I suppose that's that risk adverse nature of a lot、yeah. of. Human beings, isn't it? It is. It is. is. You know, stay safe. Wanting to be sure. Yeah. I want, stay I safe. Sure before I start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to know that I can succeed before I start. But it's yeah. It takes a bit of mental toughness, doesn't it? Sometimes、yeah. to to make that jump and、um, yeah. that self confidence and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nida, I've loved our conversation.、Um, we as we wrap up our conversation, I always、um, and I'm intrigued to know your answer to this. I always end with the the same final question, which is. What's your personal definition of success? What does success mean to you? Wow, that's a that sounds like a simple question, but it is a hard question to answer. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs>、yeah. But the first word that popped up into my my mind was just like happy, you know, like true happiness. Of course, not happiness in in the in how the society sees it ha-、yeah. as happiness. And how do I know that I'm happy? I will feel alive. It's about aliveness. If you wake up every day and you know what you're doing in this world, whether it's for yourself, your family, the world, community, society, and you have a purpose and you're doing what you love to do, which is like the passion piece, so passion, purpose, and you live your life with all these elements that are aligned with who you want to be. Yeah, that for me is success. Brilliant. Great definition. Nidu, if people want to learn more about you, more about what you do, where can they go?、Um, well, the best place would be my website, and there's a free quiz as well, so they can go to、um, nidalert.com. And at the end of the page, there's actually a free quiz where people can go and answer a few questions, and we sent them a blueprint、uh, how to grow into this outlier and <laughs> make the business into an outlier. Yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic! I've loved our conversation. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, your insights, and just generally, Nida, your passion for life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Warren. Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed, and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. 
We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvedmembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.